Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. We have an incredible guest today. She is a top 1% network marketing professional and she is in the Millionaire's Club of her company. She is also a seven-figure business owner who helps women design their purpose and show up for life better today. And she is also a podcast host and co-owner of Blessed Mama Bosses. So let's welcome Kelly Hoover. How are you doing today, Kelly? I'm doing incredible, Victor. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about our chat today. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I hope you're doing great. Oh, I'm doing fantastic. It's a wonderful day here and it's great to have you on. So I'm looking forward to our discussion. So I'd like to get started off, Kelly, by asking you, so you mind showing your story. How did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. Well, I grew up in an entrepreneur family. My father owned his own business. So I always was taught a very good work ethic. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, successful ones, have a very good work ethic. And so from a very young age, I was working in my dad's business, even just filing things. And so he always said, like, you need to have a side gig. You need to have a thing. But I really let it go in one ear and out the other. And honestly, I was always a supporter of small business. I was always a supporter of direct sales and network marketing. But I really sort of like was like, eh, it's not really my thing. I was in pharmaceuticals, loved what I was doing, was very successful, did college, did grad school, all the things. But I got really sick. I had a very rare brain tumor about six years ago. And um, during that time, I sort of reconnected with a friend that I was in pharma with who was sort of transitioning out of the corporate world into full-time entrepreneur life. And I was like, she's a little crazy. I don't know why she's leaving this great paying job to like do something on Facebook. Um, but I was like this, I was like, you know, I'm not looking, but, but I'm really like this, like really looking. Right. Um, so we stayed connected and about four months after following her journey, I decided I was on the other side of my brain tumor. I am totally fine. Um, but through the recovery, I was watching her and I thought like, why not? I'll give the products a try. I wasn't interested in the business. I gave the products a world really impacted my everyday life. And then I was a happy customer and she presented the business to me. And my immediate reaction, Victor, is what a lot of people probably say is I don't have time for that. I don't like I don't have time. I work 50 hours a week. I have two young kids. My husband travels like I don't have time for that. The biggest reason is because I never really saw the value in it. I didn't see like what it could be. I didn't dream how an entrepreneur dreamed, right? I was I was just living in the grind. And Victor, at that point, what we called golden handcuffs in pharmaceutical world, right? We were doing well. It was like we were locked in. Um, but long story short, she was like, what do you have to lose? And um, I, I began, that's how I sort of began my journey. And about actually 13 months later, after I was sort of did a slow beginning, I was, I was, you know, kind of poking around at it. I wouldn't call it a business. It was more just like my side hobby and who knew I wasn't that committed. Um, but my husband really saw the potential and said, 
you know, you really, you really should consider this. Like you'd be really good if you treated it like a, a business. And um, so I did, I jumped in and um, 13 months after beginning my entrepreneurial life, I walked away from my 15 year pharma career. I was not, I had not replaced my income at that point, but I knew I could. I knew I had the skill set. I knew I was coachable. And that's how I got started. And that was this September will be five years ago. As crazy as that is, I have um, been an entrepreneur as my own boss. Awesome. Well, congratulations on almost five years of being your own boss, being an entrepreneur. And thanks for sharing that story. So your dad was more entrepreneurial, but you decided to go the more traditional route, working in the pharmaceutical industries, working for a nice big corporation, making good money, but working a lot of hours. And, uh, and I'm glad that you, you overcame that brain tumor. So I'm glad that you're doing much better and healthier and are just, just having a great life and doing well. So really, really happy to hear that all Thank as well now with you. No, and, and it's interesting because like you said, you had that nice lifestyle and the, you know, your friend told you about this business, the products and all that. You said, it sounds good, but like a lot of people said, you don't have the time. So it, it is interesting, you know, you, you, after a few months, you decided to give it a shot. She said, what, what do you have to lose? And I think that's a great add to that. What do you have to lose? And I mean, maybe a few hundred bucks, you gave it a shot, didn't work out. But what if it does work? And that's what you find out. If you gave it a shot, you were open to doing it. And as a result, you're living this incredible lifestyle because you said, wow. Um, you know, let me give it a shot. And eventually things worked out. And another thing I like to point out is interesting because you, it seems like you have something not everyone has. You have a supportive spouse. Your husband, in fact, encouraged you to do this full time. Uh, a lot of times, I'm sure when you're talking to the process, they'll say, I need to talk to my spouse about it. I'm not sure if he or she would be involved. So it's, I'm, that must have been really huge knowing that your husband was so behind you. And he says, you know, you should really do this full time there, you know. I think that, that, that must have given you a lot of encouragement to really pursue this full time. Like you say, you had not fully replaced your income at the time. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, supportive spouses is not always where everybody lands, you know, and there's been times where there's been support and then lack of support because maybe I've been working too much or maybe I've been, you know, it's a learning curve, right? I do want to say though, that one of the things that you mentioned that I, I really think we don't think about enough. My initial pushback to why I couldn't was because I didn't have the time. I will tell you, busy people are the best, right? Busy people know how to manage their time. They know how to be efficient and productive, and they are the ones who are really good because they can fit things in here and there and there. When I came home, and started working for myself, I became the most inefficient human ever. Like <laughs> I had to relearn skills. I had never had, well, here's your, here's your calendar and there's no mandatory things you have to do. I was like mind blown. So one of the things, the disciplinary things was get up, get dressed, go to your location, even though your location is right there. Like have your spot, treat it as a business, be respectful for what you're doing and what you're building and over time, when you're consistent at that, whatever you're doing, it does happen. And um, you become realizing like more efficient. But I went from an efficient person that didn't have time to grow a business to a very inefficient person. And then I've worked my way back up. So um, the other cool thing, Victor, that I have to share is that 
you know, leading into something, you said, hey, like, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Like a little bit of time. I was really intimidated by what others thought of me because people thought I was crazy. I live in a very small town. Everyone knows everyone. And they thought I was crazy leaving pharmaceuticals to do direct sales on social media when I had zero experience and a car, you know, farmer, they gave you a car and you had all these great benefits. People looked at me cross-eyed, like you're nuts. So in my mind, in my heart, I was like, I have to prove it not only for me and that, that really made me dig deep. So if somebody is like, I don't know what I'm working for, like work for proving it to yourself, work for being proud of yourself and having others, you know, really be proud of you as well. And uh, that's something that really drove me to go from mediocre to, you know, trying to shine as the best that I could. Uh, and those are some really wonderful points you brought up. Number one, with busy people, like you said, they're the best managers of time because they have so limited time. So they make the most out of every hour, every half hour. So if they have limited time to work the business at home, you know what, they'll find time to be very productive that little piece of time. So, and you know, a lot of times the people don't have the time, you know, you can also just mention to them, hey, that's why you need to do this business because you don't have the time. So yeah, I agree. Those are some of the best people to, to try to recruit into the business. And I love what you, I mean, and I appreciate your sharing your experience as to what happened when you when I know you had a lot more free time and it's and I remember I had a friend he was in a similar situation he was working as a he was, he was working as a waiter and he was making a lot of money you know being an entrepreneur a network marketer and he decides to go full-time and one thing our, our one of our mentors mentioned to me cautioning saying because you've been working this business two to two and a half hours every single day now you're going to have a lot more free time it's going to be very easy to waste that time because you have all this time that is free. You need to treat it the same way you did it while you were working your business, while you had the full-time job. He says, don't fall into that trap that a lot of people did. It's an easy trap to fall into. You're saying, I have these extra six, eight, ten hours a day. But as you say, you needed to learn, but you did learn to be more productive, more efficient, but it took some time. But it's an easy trap to fall into. You're saying, well, I got all this free time. A lot of people think, if I had all this free time, I could do so much, but a lot of times when you have that free time, what do you do? You waste it. You can go on YouTube videos, listen to the radio, whatever it is, go shopping. It is so easy. There's so much temptation out there. So I appreciate your sharing that experience with us because it's a trap many people can fall into. It's uh, it's very subtle. So yeah, always have to learn, like you said. And that's the other thing. When you work on your own, you mentioned this. You didn't have anyone tell you, well, you got to do this at 1030, do this at 1230. You had a schedule and people were telling you what you needed to do. Now you had no one to tell you what to do. So you know what? It's easy to slack off. And, and that's one thing you needed to do. And, and, and I think everyone can recommend it. You learn how to make your own schedule saying, I need to do this at nine, do this at 11. So uh, it's an important thing for everyone to remember. You need to learn that. And it's very important to schedule, organize your time. Yes, 100%. And I think time blocking and utilizing your time organizing it, doing income producing activities that move your business for being disciplined, you know, and scheduling self-care, scheduling self-development. Listen, I have a lot of time. I am busier now though than I ever was when I worked full-time. Managing, I mean, at this point in my career as an entrepreneur, we, we have my husband and I, you know, we took the income that we were making in direct sales and invested in other things and have have multiple streams of income with different businesses now. And some are passive, but some require our time and attention. And 
but we have more time with our kids. I get to be the mom that I never could have been before. And um, that to me is worth more than any sort of dollar that I could ever make. No, absolutely. And, and the lifestyle this industry can provide for you, if you say you and your husband are able to do other business, some passes somewhere, you guys are more hands on. And if you say you get to be the mom to your kids, you get to spend time with them, drive them to wherever they need. You guys can go on vacation, have wonderful time, have wonderful memories as a family. And and one of it is because you manage your time so well. And I know you've talked about this. I know hearing as a clubhouse room, you're very big on time blocking. And you, and I assume you take care of your main income produce activities probably earlier in the day, correct? Yes, I get up. I have a 90 minute non-negotiable time for me. The first 30 minutes is taking care of me, <laughs> taking care of my mind, my heart, um, putting my mindset right. I do personally do devotions. I journal and I read, I do gratitudes and in, in my I am statements. Um, that takes me about 30 minutes, but then I have a power hour and it is everything that has to get done in my business that day. Therefore, if I, if something happens in life, my kids wake up, they're sick, something personal happens, or I get pulled in a different direction. It's okay. I've already done that. And that's not something I woke up all of a sudden, like, Oh, I'm going to wake up and do this 90 minutes. I've built it up over time. But if you are someone who rolls out of bed right when your kids get up or roll out of bed right when you need to get in the shower and you're an entrepreneur, you can steal 10, 15, 20 minutes of income producing activities. Like get up a little earlier, get up before your kids, get up before you have to be at that job or before you have to be at the gym. Even if it's 10 minutes, set your timer on your phone and get to work. Do something for 10 minutes that produces income for your business. And because here's the thing, Victor, I plan out my days so great. Let me tell you, every single day of my life, something happens and it doesn't go as planned, right? Mm -hmm. So we can have the best laid plan, but we have to be able to pivot. And that's the beautiful thing about what this industry can allow you to do is that it can allow you to pivot through those things. Whereas before, you know, I would have had my husband and I would have to negotiate. Like I remember a kid waking mm -hmm. up and we're negotiating. We both had a packed full day of appointments that we had to be at. Who's less important that day? And that is like, hasn't happened in our life in a long time because I can choose to not, to not be there. Nothing has to happen for me. And um, that is a really big game changer for people and their families. No, and that is definitely huge. If something happens, you need to take the kids to the doctor. You know, you and your husband don't have to worry about that. Who's going to take over a couple hours of work to go take the kids to the doctor? Because either one of you can. You guys have more flexibility now because of the industry you're chosen to be in. That's wonderful. And I love the way you set up your morning through the devotion, the gratitude, the affirmation that I am. Because I, I think how you, start the, how you start your day is so important because it's where you're in that theta stays in your subconscious mind. It's where your subconscious mind is most impressionable. So I, I don't think enough people take advantage of that first hour, hour and a half of the day, because that's when you really do your personal development, getting all that stuff into your mind and it really changes how you act, how you feel, how you do everything. So I, I love the fact you have that, you have that power hour. And like you say, you take care of things early in the morning, because like you said, things happen, life happens. You know, you say, I'm going to talk to 20 people. I'm going to call three people, whatever you're going to do. You can say, but you do it. I'm going to do that later on in the evening. And guess what? Life happens. Stuff happens. You know, family member gets sick. You got to go visit them. You never know what kind of emergency pops up. So 
And, and could you mind talking about a little bit more about the importance, because I know you do this, uh, DMO, a daily method of operation, how important that's been for your success in your business. Yes, absolutely. It's so incredibly important to know what you need to do. So one of the biggest things, whether you have a whole hour to give to your business or whether you have you know, six, 10 minute increments throughout the day, like while you're sitting at lunchtime or before you're picking a child up or driving to the gym, whatever it is, knowing exactly what you need to do, a daily method of operation, like what are the things that produce income for your business? What drives your business? Do you know what they are? Hopefully you do. If you don't talk to the person that is, you know, helping you develop that, who's had success, who is where you want to be, but connecting with people, building relationships, putting quality, for me, it's putting quality social media out there, following up with people, connect, net, networking, it's network marketing, right? So we have to network, we have to talk to people. And it doesn't mean I meet you today, Victor, I meet you, I close you, we're going to do this. No, it takes time sometimes, but you have to build into that. And that's part of the beautiful thing about the industry. So the biggest thing, I am a checklist girl. I'm an Enneagram three type A personality. I love to check things off. Sometimes I write things down that I've already done just so I can check them off because I like the, I like the sort of like, yay, I've done it. But that is it. Like having an Excel spreadsheet, having something written down, having a sticky note, you know, going to bed the night before with the three things that have to get done. But knowing exactly what it is that drives your business, therefore, when you're sitting in the parking lot, when you're doing something, you can go to that list and say, okay, I've done one, two, and three. I'm on number four. Let me get to number four. Knock it out. Go to number five. Go to number six. And um, it's so incredibly important because consistency is one of the biggest things that I think lacks in this industry. People come in, they're excited. They don't get rich in 24 hours. And they're like, uh, I'm done. I'm out. Or, you know, maybe like 30 days or two months or something. But the thing is, is that if you are consistency, consistency wins. Consistency showing up for your daily method of operation wins. It wins every time, as long as you're doing the right things, as long as you're consistent. So um, it is probably the absolute most important thing in, that I do every single day, which is why I have it scheduled in that first hour, you know, of the morning. Because like I said, if I don't get to anything else, I know I've done what I need to do. No, and those are some really excellent points. Number one, consistency. Like you said, so many people in this industry are not consistent. They'll work hard for a couple of days and they take off the next four days. And you know, if you go to the gym once every two or three weeks, you're not going to be in shape. If I want to have muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can't go you know work hard, out, work have a great workout two or three days and then not show up for two or three. I got to go in. Like you said. It's better to do a little bit every single day than to do a lot one day and then skip the next five or six days, which is unfortunately what a lot of people do. Again, mm -hmm. success is not built in a day, it's built daily. And that consistency is the reason why the tortoise beat the hare. Consistency, it'll always win up. A lot of people don't understand that. If, and like you said, everyone wants results yesterday, but if you're consistent, you'll get those results eventually. It's, it's the compound effect. And that's the reason why people give up. They don't see the results in it. They don't have that long-term. Everything is short-term. You, you look at it in the corporations. Everyone's focused on their quarterly results. If they miss by a penny, the stock price plummets. But in, in a lot of other countries like Japan, they're focused on five years, 10 years, 20 years, what they're going to do. And I think that's a great thing you brought up. And I like what you talk about. You plan the night before. You schedule everything and you focus. What are the three most important things I need to get uh, 
taking care of early in the morning. You, so you knock that up first thing in the morning. And if the other things, you, know, if you have time to take care of the other thing, that's fine. But you take care of the three most important things. And that reminds me of a book I read called Organize Tomorrow Today, which they talk about the same things. And, and the most successful people like you, that's what they do. They knock off the most important things immediately. A lot of people are more focused on trying to knock off as many things as possible. So you have 15 things to do. You take care of 12 of them. But the three most important things you didn't take care of, you did not have a good productive day. But if you took care of three or four things and, and left 10 on double, you took care of the most important thing, guess what? you're gonna be much more successful. So I think that's an important point you brought. You need to take care of the most important things early on in the day. And then if you have time for the other things, great, but knock off the income producing activities, the things that'll make you grow, make your business grow. So I thought that was a very important point. And I love what you brought, again, you mentioned a couple of times. If you have little gaps of time, these are things, these are times where you can do things. Like if you're waiting online at the store, maybe you could read a personal development book, or maybe you can message some people, or maybe you can call a prospect, or you're on the bus or on the train. Again, these are things, times you can do things for your business. And you know, you're, or you're, you're waiting, you're doing. I know other people I've interviewed, you know, when they were doing their launch, they had time waiting for the, you know, everything to finish up to dry up. Uh, they would message three or four people while they were waiting for the thing to finish up. So it's like, or while they're cooking, they're waiting for the things to come out. They have five or 10 minutes before it's fully ready. Guess what? They're messaging people or they're calling someone. That little pockets of time you take advantage of it. It's incredible the things you can get done. But we, what do we do instead? We'll say, oh, let me listen to a YouTube music video or a little whatever. But these little pockets of time, if you could do something productive, then you'd be amazed at the things that can get done at the end of the day. Yeah. And a tip for, and maybe you don't know, you know, those of you listening, maybe you don't know what that is. As you're going through the next, you know, seven to 14 days, look and put a timer on. I'm doing that like right now as we speak. I'm timing myself how long it takes me to plan my social media for an entire month. And I want to know, like, how long does it take me? And so if you don't know, like time yourself. And so you'll know, I know exactly what I can do and get knocked out in 10 minutes. If I have a 30 minute block of time, I know exactly what I can do and get knocked out in 30 minutes. So what is that for you? What are you most efficient at during that time? And listen, there are so many people that can build incredible businesses in five, 10, 20, 30 minute pockets of their day. And I mean, that's really how a lot of people get started. No, absolutely. And that does have some very good points. Now, I want to ask you about distraction because you have kids, you know, family things happen. How do you avoid distraction? Number one, it's so easy to get distracted by so many things. Number one, we could be on social media. Or that. I, you could be on Facebook for five, six hours doing all these things. And you're wondering, where did this time go? And you thought you were busy instead of productive. And there's so many things that can definitely distract you. Or uh, like you said, I, I think one thing that's very important is to focus on one task at a time. And I think there's a tendency, a lot of us, we fall into the multitasking trap and we try to do five things at once thinking we'll get a lot more done, but we actually don't. So what have you been able to do to make sure you don't fall into that trap of being distracted by other tasks and so just be able to focus on one thing at a time? Oh man, such a great question because I, this is a skill set that does not come natural to me. It is a skill set that I struggle with a lot. I struggle more with on the other side of my brain tumor. And I don't know if it's because like of what, you know, what happened and just having brain trauma, but I am easily distracted and more 
crazy enough, Victor, it's not just about the distraction, but it's about the time between the distraction and when you get started again. I cannot be interrupted and go right back to task. I have some sort of transition period. And maybe it's a mom thing. Maybe it's a busy thing. I don't know. But it is it is something I had I work diligent at. And the number one thing I would say is create boundaries. If you've never read the book Boundaries, get the book. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Everyone needs to read it. Um, but having boundaries and it's not and it's not feeling bad about saying no. If it doesn't fit into my top goals in life, my top things, you know, my relationship with God, my husband, my kids, my family, and then my business, like if it doesn't fit there. And I don't have time for it. It doesn't go like we don't. I, I say no, and it it feels bad at first. I, I feel I'm a people pleaser, but you get better at it, and you know, really having those priorities. And people respect your time more when you're like, you know, you're like, hey, here's my boundaries. The second thing is setting up those boundaries. I put um, timers on my phone, so a lot of work I do on social media, you know, Clubhouse, time on Clubhouse, time on Instagram, time on Facebook. I have an alert. So when I have spent one hour on Instagram, it says my phone goes off and it says you have spent one hour on Instagram. And I'm like, you know, what did I do on Instagram? Have I been scrolling? Have I been, you know, have I been productive? Have I been talking to people? I've been engaging. Um, so that is something that helps distractions a lot. I put my phone on airplane mode. So utilize airplane mode. You know, when you're going in to do a task that's going to take you an hour, it's going to take you two hours or 30 minutes. Put your phone on airplane mode, put your phone inside a drawer, shut down every window on your computer, except for the thing that you're working on. That really will help eliminate distractions. As far as kids go, um, I, I'm excited to get kids back in school. I'm not going to, I'm going to be very transparent about that. Like I'd love some time back to myself. I've been with, with at least one child for two years now. Um, before COVID, we had, we had a child at home full time. Um, who was in elementary school just from medical, a medical reason. But I say that because I have some signs I'm looking at them now that are like, do not come in. And it's on the outside. And if you're, if you have kids and they're too young to read, put a red, they can say red means stop. Right. And then I have a sign that says I'm working, but come in if you need me. And then I have a sign that says, come on in. And so they know, they know like when they are allowed to interrupt. And I just try to say like, if I was at a job, would you call me? Is this an emergency? Like, is it something you would call? And after a few times, you know, they, they do get it. The other thing is when you're planning your week, when you're setting up your week, and if you're not doing that yet, like that's a skill set that everyone should do. Sundays is our planning day. I plan out the week. I plan out my family time. We, we plan out all the kids. My kids are have a carpool every day of my life at least once. And so like those things are busy, but we say like, this is when I write on the calendar, mom is working this time. You know, I'm like, hey, from, you know, three to five, I'm working. They're doing their thing. And so I think it's communication from that standpoint to your family. Um, a lot of times I hear from people, probably Victor, you hear the same thing, but you know, a lot of these people are working their, their day jobs and they're building their business, maybe at night or in the morning or on the weekend. And what happens is that people come home and then they have the evening time and they're, you know, they're like family time, but they're like, oh, I need to get on the Zoom. I need to do this training. 
but they haven't prepared their family. And, um, you know, that can be distracting for the family. It can, can cause some conflict. So I think like being prepared, being, being community, you know, communicating and just setting those boundaries up wherever you can electronically, paper, verbally, um, and really eliminates the distractions. And you have to call yourself, like use a reminder. If you are a constant scroller, use a reminder on your phone every 90 minutes, you know, like, or your time that you normally scroll, like say, remind, have an alarm that goes off and says, stop scrolling. If you're like scrolling in the morning or in the evening. So you can do a lot of those things. Uh, thanks, Shana. Those are some really great points there. Number one, I love, but I love the book boundaries. I, I I agree. I highly recommend that book as well. Set those boundaries. That is very important, and set that timer. You know, whether it's on your phone or an app. There are apps that tell you, you know, stop after an hour, hour and a half, whatever you're doing, because this will prevent you from doing something for three hours that you shouldn't spend ninety minutes on. And and I agree. Number one, uh, I I love airplane mode as well shut up everything and because then you won't worry about the not just the phone calls the text messages because it's that sense of, oh this person texting oh text 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 this way you you worry about it once you're done whatever you need to do and i agree the communication with family is very important so listen i'm going to be on a zoom call from seven to eight today i'm going to be doing this so for the next six months on these days i'll be doing that but these days i'll be free so prepare your family when they understand that then they won't feel as they won't feel as neglected or abandoned Say, I'm doing this for us because if I do this for the next six months or 12 months, I'll have more free time for these reasons. So I agree, communication is very important. I remember Ray Higgins talked about that. He would every day he would do a video and a blog post, and he's saying in the morning, I don't want to be disturbed before 8 30 because I'm working on setting this up and getting it out. And again, he also used airplane modes. This way he has no distractions. And that's used by everyone. Like you say, he talked about work in the business world. When a manager has has an important meeting or is going over reviewing an important report. The manager would go to the assistant saying, make sure no calls, no, don't, don't let anyone disturb me until I'm done. I'm going to be busy for the next hour and a half. And guess what? No one distracts that manager. And that's what you need to do. And like you said, value your time. You got to tell people. You, you got to say no sometimes because there's so many great things. But you're saying yes to everyone. You're saying no to yourself. And you got to say to these people, I'm not saying no to you. I'm just saying yes to myself. And I think most people, like you said, they'll understand, they'll respect. If you say yes to everyone, like you said, they won't respect your time. So why should they respect your time if you yourself don't respect? So it's very important, I think, to get that message out. And let people understand you're a person, you're a person who values your time. So I think you gave some great recommendations there because those things will definitely help change your business, be a lot more productive. Like you said, it's so easy to get distracted. And you lose momentum when you get distracted. Mm -hmm. Something happens, someone's bothering you, like you said, and then you're like, you're talking to them, talking with them on the phone for 15 minutes, and then you say, what was I doing? And it's hard to get back that momentum, which is another reason why it's hard to go from task to task to task. It's better to focus one at a time because you lose that momentum. If you switch from one task to another, guess what? You lose the momentum and you got to try to build that momentum. And, and, and when you get rid of the distraction, you never lose that momentum. You get what you need to be done in a much more effective way. So I think those are some great tips. I, I thank you for that. It's yeah. really powerful messages here. And like you said, you've been doing this now for five years. So I like to ask, so uh, someone getting started in the network marketing industry, you know, they're, they're, they, they really, they're, they're new to it. They really don't know much about it. What would you recommend they start doing in the early weeks of uh, getting started in the industry? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first thing is just, you know, talk to as many people, like whatever got you in for me, it was products. Um, for some people it's business. 
So whatever, you know, whatever avenue it's opening up your mouth and not being afraid and be coachable. There are so many people that come into the industry and think that they're going to do it their way, or they're going to do it a certain way, or they're like, I'm afraid to do Facebook live. Everyone's afraid to do Facebook live the first time, right? Like everyone is, it's okay. You got to jump in and being coachable. The best advice I ever got was right when I first started and said, just be a good copycat pick somebody that they are where you want to be and copy everything they do. <laughs> and I was like, that's so smart. That's so easy. So you just are a good copycat and, and learn and don't give up too soon. One of the things I always coach my team on doing is put a reminder in your phone. You're so excited. You know, someone's just getting started. They're so excited. Get yourself, record yourself to yourself. So get on your phone, get a recording, you know, record yourself in your excitement. And then send that cell, that video an email, but, you know, predate it for 30 days down the road, 60 days down the road, 90 days down the road. So it shows up when you're excited, when maybe you've gotten some no's, you're like not feeling as excited as you are week one, week two, week three. And you set yourself up, you, you say to yourself why you committed, why you did it. And so um, that is the thing. It really does help you sort of stay consistent when you can send your future self some encouragement. Well, that, that's a really good tip right there. Like you said, take a recording yourself, so, you know, a video of how excited you are because you just get started. Like you said, 30 days or 60 days from now because you're going to have your ups and your downs, especially when you're brand new. You're going to get some no's and it's very easy to get discouraged. But you remember why you got involved. That's that's a really good way to keep you going. And, and like you said, just take action. The fear. That's very, very important because I, I think Fear is probably the number one thing that stops us. People, mm -hmm. no one likes this. No one likes rejection. Everyone hates doing that. But uh, do you have any other tips on how people can deal with rejection? Because that is one thing that really stops people. I love the idea of the video. Do you have any other recommendations as to, you know, how they can get over that fear of rejection and talking to prospects? Because it's it's some people are just afraid to talk. And there are a lot of people who, they might talk to one or two people a month when yes. they're getting started because they're afraid. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is to, and it's a skill that you can learn. It comes mm -hmm. natural to some people. I will say like I was in sales, people in pharma, people were very rude to us all the time. I got my feelings hurt the first few months. A lot of tears were shed, but then I got over and I got used to people being mean to me. So like, I, I didn't have to overcome that in this industry, but most people do. And so- removing the emotion from the answer, removing the emotion from someone ghosting you, removing the emotion when someone says, no, I'm not interested or thanks for the offer, but not, because here's the thing, Victor, I'm sure you said no. I said no. I said no for four straight months. In fact, I was probably rude and I know that I ghosted my friend, but she kept connecting and it wasn't always about the products. It wasn't always about our business. It was about me. And like in the back of my head, when I was ready, I was ready. So love people where they're at, build relationships and find, I really think that you get less no's when you really build that connection. You ask questions, you uncover people's pain points. I call it the CAP method, C-A-P, connection, ask questions, um, problem solve pain points. And when you do that, 
you truly, truly don't get quite as many no's. But, you know, there's so many books out there, Victor, go for the no. There's so many different things. And I think the biggest thing is not attaching emotion, you know, not realizing that no is not like no to me that I'm a horrible person. No usually means I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't have enough information. I'm too busy right now. Like I don't, I'm not in the mind space to start this or to do that or commit to this, or I don't have the money, whatever it is. It's, it's never generally something personally to you. So, um, and I will say that the best way to overcome anything is just to keep taking action and to keep, you know, sending messages, to keep talking to people and figure out what works best for you. You know, I'm personally not a copy and paster. Um, it's not, I have a general way that I will, I will talk to someone, but I have, you know, individual conversations with everyone. And so you just have to sort of figure out what method works best for you. But the emotion is the biggest. I agree. I think that's a very important point. It's the emotion that gets the best of us. We think that there's something wrong with us if they say no. A lot of times it's just not the right time for them. So no, you often means not now, not yet, but it might be a yes six months from now. Like you say, your friend, four months later, your no became a yes. So you never know, but keep the connection with them. Keep, keep the conversation going. So you don't have to always talk about this. So just ask them, show them that you care, that you're a friend of theirs and you're concerned about them and you know, time might be right a year from now. So you just never know. I, I like that caps, connect, ask questions and, and problems. So asking questions, I think is very important. I, I'm a big fan of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, because I, when, I, when I learned about asking questions, focusing on the person, it really changed my relationships with people. And, and instead of just saying, you need to join this, you need to join that, because it's really hard to get people to change their minds. But if you get, ask them a lot of questions, show me you can, but not just that, have them convince themselves instead of you trying to convince them. When they can convince themselves, that you, you, you've got them sold because they're selling themselves as to why these things are important, so why they need to join. So but you can't focus, you can't figure out what's going on in their lives, their needs and desires until you ask them questions. So I, I, I love that you're saying asking questions is very important. And like you said, get the emotion out, focus on the process. We have a saying, marry the process and divorce the outcome. So many people are focused on the outcome. They, they're not making that money. They're not getting those recruits. If you're doing things right, I think some, and, and tell me this, as a, as a very successful leader in this industry, I think with your team, I'm sure you very are big on praising them on doing the process right. Because I think sometimes leaders don't always praise the process to make sure they're doing the right. And sometimes people get the start. So would you talk a little bit more about making courage of people? You've seen they're doing the right things and messaging the people. They're calling people, they're doing the right things. And you know, talk to, just talk a little bit more about encouraging them and just saying, listen, don't give up because you're doing things right eventually. You know, to the effect that you keep doing this, you will get the results. Because I don't think a lot, all leaders do that. And I think that's why some people give up. Yeah, I really believe in encouraging and motivating and recognition for people just doing the daily method of operation, doing the mm -hmm. income producing activities. It, it's not always about numbers. I mean, yes, it is great for people. Usually when you're doing those things, it will equate to your business growing, right? It may not be in that moment, that month, that week, but it generally does happen. But showing up, I mean, every single, I, I do this so much, Victor, that I have on my team Zoom, my weekly team Zoom, I give away a prize just for being present. <laughs> Someone wins something just for being there. Like, you don't have to do anything, but just show up. Um, and I don't even know if you're like even listening or anything, but 
but just being present because you do learn things. Sometimes things are said in a different way and, and we really need to hear it. So it's a hundred percent because most people don't, if you have no experience, you don't know what you're doing. So if you dive in, you listen, you you're coachable and you're doing those things, you should be recognized for that. You know, I'm not a believer in everyone, you know, the whole um, movement that everyone gets a trophy. I'm not like that, but I do believe if people are showing up and they're working hard, they deserve a trophy. They deserve something. They deserve recognition. You also have to know, I'm just going to throw this in there. You have to know what motivates people. I learned this in pharma. I, I got to tell you, I don't love this about myself, but I learned this about myself. If someone were to say, Kelly, we're going to recognize you in front of your peers, or Kelly, we're going to give you a $5,000 check. My natural instinct is I'll take the recognition. I, I don't, I, I, I should take the check, right? But like, I, I work hard to, and, and part of that is I really like to be recognized. I like to be said, Hey, we see you, you're doing a good job. So do you know what motivates your team? When you have a new team member, do you know what motivates them? Cause it's not always about the dollar. It's not always about like hitting a rank. Like some people just want to pay for their groceries. Some people want to pay for their kids' activities. Some people want to get out of debt. So are they doing those things? And are you patting them on the back? Do they like recognition? And, and if they do, a simple shout out on Facebook, it doesn't have to cost you any money. A handwritten card. I handwrite cards every single week. And that is like something that is, you know, hey, you're doing a really good job. Here's a book, you know, or just a card, just a simple card can go such a long way to motivate people. And it creates loyalty um, within your team. It creates happiness. And um, I think it's just such an important thing. No, and that is really true. And, you know, recognizing people for their efforts, you know, for trying things, for getting on the Zooms. And those are the things that you know, make a big difference in their belief in themselves and the belief in the in this industry will make them persevere during tough times. And, and I agree, you gotta know what motivates people. Some people are motivated by money, other people are motivated by praise and recognition. A big reason many people leave their jobs because they don't feel appreciated at work. And if their bosses would appreciate them and show that they, you know, that they appreciate the work that they do and they praise them for that work, they would probably lose a lot fewer employees. So yeah, you gotta know what motivates people. And it's also there are a lot of different personalities out there. You have the right controlling personalities. You have those that love intimacy. You have those that need to know all the facts, you know, like the accountants and the actuaries. So uh, when you talk to me, you need to know, you know, not only what mothers, what kind of personality that they have. So how, with each different person, each personality, you got to talk to them in a different way. You can't talk to everyone the same way. So I, I know you're, you're, you're a master of that, you know, because you got to talk to people very differently. So and that is very important. So I think those are some very key points you brought up there. I also like to ask you about this because I, I know a lot of the big leaders understand it, but I think a lot of people getting started don't understand the importance of duplication and teaching people that you're talking to the importance of duplication. Could you, so you might talk a little more about the importance of duplication for this industry and to become successful? Yes, absolutely. I think duplication, you know, it's this word, but what does it really mean in our everyday business? And I think as leaders are developing things, it's like, don't reinvent the wheel. Keep things very simple. You know, you cannot duplicate. You can't bring someone on. I can't come on to your team, Victor, and do things the exact way. Like, I can't talk the same way Victor is. I can't talk to the same people. Like, 
we're different in personality perspectives, but your daily method of operation should be duplicatable. These very basic tasks should be duplicatable. How you onboard should be duplicatable, but, but it doesn't need to be complicated. And I think that's the easiest thing is it's like the biggest thing that people need to do is open their mouth and talk to people. And that's usually people are like so busy, like worrying about, you know, I need to know A to Z on all the products, or I need to know A to Z on the website, or I'm not confident enough yet to talk. The only way you get confidence is to start. So it's really like the duplication is what do I do? How do I do it? And having like a same sort of simplicity. Um, one of the cool things that we do um, within my organization is we do working Zooms together. So for example, you know, when you have a new team member, you have someone new, they get on a Zoom and, and they're taught the duplication. They're taught what to do. They're taught to how to, to brand themselves. They're taught how to do things on stories. And so they're never alone. And that's how a duplication can really like be made simple, but also be taught and still have fun doing it. So simplicity and just realizing like, here are the things you need to do. And the other thing I will say is don't go too far in advance. A lot of times people will want to say like, hey, you could do this. And this thing is like something that they can do in like six months. Let's talk about today. Let's talk about goal one. What is goal one? <laughs> goal one is to, to go share your story with 10 people. You know, okay, you did that check. Let's go to goal two to keep it very, very easy because that's something that everyone can follow. Now, those are some good points there. Like you said, number one, teach them what to do in the beginning, but don't give them too much because you can overwhelm them. And when people get overwhelmed, they don't take action. So it's simple. Show them the little things they need to do. It's very important. And like you say, you do working Zoom, which I think is a great idea to do with your team. And just teach them just what you need to do. Like I said, and people, unfortunately, feel they need to know everything. Here's the thing. If you spend all your time trying to learn everything, you'll never take care of it. Like you said, just go talk to people. You're going to make some mistakes, of course. You're going to mess up, of course. But that's how you learn. You get better. You never, you don't get better by sitting at home and not talking to them. You can read, and I'm big on personal. I love to read books, and I, and I love listening to podcasts and videos and all that stuff. I'm big on that. But uh, theory can only carry you so far. If you're not talking to people, you're not growing your business. So you need to talk to people. That's how you get better. And a lot of people think they need to know everything before they can take out. The thing is, we wait. If you wait and wait till you know everything, you're never going to take action and your business will never grow. Your business grows by doing the things you need to do in your business. So it's a balancing act. You take the action, you learn the things you do, but you need to take action to things. So once you take action, you're going to get some no's, you're going to get some yeses, but that's 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 how you do it. So just talk to as many people as you can. And guess what? And this is the experience of any network marketer. The more people you talk, guess what? It gets easier. You learn what to say. You realize, oh, I, I'm not going to say this anymore because it's... I, this, this never works. So I avoid these questions. I avoid saying these things. I say this and this, I get great results. And that's how you learn. You, you know, your, your sponsor, your mentor can teach you everything, but you learn the most by just doing things. So that's definitely some uh, great tips. Actually, you might talk in more, I mentioned personal development. You, can you talk about the importance of personal development? Because I know network marketing is, is huge on personal, personal development. Some people call network marketing personal development with a compensation pack. So can you talk about how important it's been for your business and for your success? Yeah, I will say I never invested time on personal development prior to this industry. Like I, I didn't read books. I, you know, I, I didn't even know the term. Um, but the growth that someone can have and the priorities and how full your life can fill is, um, 
is incredible. So small ways to fit it in is um, I don't I don't love to read. I read a lot, but I don't love it. it. I'm a slow reader. It's not something that I I naturally am good at. It takes me a long time to finish a book. But every single morning, non-negotiable, I read 10 pages and um, I try to finish two books a month. That is my goal. I have about 40 waiting on me um, to read because I'm constantly hearing people like you and, you know, people in our clubhouse room to really be able to, they're sharing all these great books and I want to read them all. Um, I do listen to Audible as well. And I think Audible is great. Um, I listen to a ton of Audibles. So fit it in your nooks and crannies of your days. I listen to something, a podcast or Audible, every time I take a shower, every single time I take a shower. Also on the way to and from the gym, most of the time, occasionally I'll listen to music, but most of the time I'm listening to a book, an audible. And usually when I'm like cooking dinner or I'm getting ready or I'm on a walk with my dog, like I try to fit in at least 30 minutes every single day. Um, also not like trying to grow too much. You know, this year, my personal, personal development is leadership, to be a better leader, to show up better for others, like to, to zone in on that. So not, I'm not focusing on a bunch of different things. I'm focusing on that and really being better at that one thing. And think if you really can laser in on what you want to be better at, but then have a list of the things coming next when you're satisfied um, you can always grow. I mean, we are always growing into different people. And my whole motto of life, Victor, is just be 1% better or 0.01% better, whatever you want than I was yesterday. Show up a little bit better, whether it's talking to my kids a little differently, whether it's putting a little more effort into my business, into my home, whatever it is, just be a smidge better. And imagine if you live every day of your life that way how you are at the end of the year. And that comes from self-development. It comes from mindset and going back to getting the nose. When you've developed yourself and when you have a strong mindset, you have a strong self-worth and confidence, which you can get from self-development, the nose don't bother you as much. They don't, you're like, oh, it's just part of what I do. Um, so it's, it is such a, it should be a daily method of operation. It should be added to that checklist. <laughs> I totally agree. And I think one thing I'm hearing from all the things you're doing is, again, the point you brought up before, the importance of consistency. Try to do these things every single day. You're not in love with reading, but you try to read at least 10 pages a day. But do a little, get a little bit better every single day. Guess what? You read 10 pages a day, at the end of the year, you will have read 3,650 pages. Can you imagine how much learning you have done by the end of the year? People just focus on, like I said, I need to do this by tomorrow. But you know what? Do a little bit each day. At the end of the year, Every, that, that's a lot of reading and listening to podcasts, going to the shower, back and forth from the gym or taking your dog out for the walk. You find time to listen to these things that are going to help you improve as a person. But again, I like the fact you're not trying to do too many things at once. Right now, your big focus is improving your leadership. And again, all the success books tell you that. Focus on improving one thing at a time. If you, Because a lot, what do people do come New Year's Day? They, they say, I'm going to do 12 different things. And well, at the beginning of February, they've given up on all of them. But you try to improve one thing at a time, whether it's for a quarter or half a year or a year, you know, which is what you're doing, you're going to master that and then you can go to the next thing you can master. So you master one thing at a time, you're going to get better at all these things. That's what all the successful people do. Master one quality at a time. Because you try to do three or four, you're not going to master any, master any of them. You're going to be a renaissance person, a renaissance man, jack of all trades, master none. So I thought that was a very important point you brought up. Because consistency, 
be a little bit better every single day. And at the end of the year, you, you'd be amazed at how much better you are as a person. So as we're coming to the close of our interviews, do you have any last minute uh, tips for people who are getting in this? Or maybe there are people who've been working in this industry for a couple of years, two or three years, and they're struggling and they want to get better. So what, do you have any other, um, any, any advice for them as to what they can do to improve themselves if they're struggling and they really want to make this industry work? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to try to uncover why it hasn't. Um, most of the time, you're going to look at it right in the mirror. Most of the time, it's us, right? So understand what that is and ask your mentor and be open. Be real and be open and ask them for feedback. Go to them and say, I want to be better. I want this business to work. Um, you know, and, and ask them, like, will you tell me what I can improve on? And I think like, you know, sometimes you do that and people, you know, if they, if you have been given the opportunity to open yourself up to critical feedback and you're accepting of it and you take that, you got to take it and apply it, then you will be successful. It will, it will turn around for you, you know, making sure that you, I call it a restart. You know, I'm personally in my own personal restart from a um, health standpoint. And I, I fell off the wagon with some things. I'm in health and wellness, but, but it happens, right? We're all, we're, we all have these things. Hit the restart button, decide, commit, be brand new again. And it is okay. As long as you are aligned with what it feels good to you, aligned with, you know, what, what moves you, what motivates you, what you're passionate about, ask what you can do better, but then take that constructive criticism and apply it and actually, you know, put in the work. And oftentimes I will, I will say to my team, I just said this on Monday night to them about, you know, the things that you are doing, the time you're spending it, is it moving your business forward? Are you just, it's like, are you talking to, do you spend more time in messenger? Or do you spend more time on Facebook? That's a really easy way to tell. <laughs> Go look at your settings on your phone and your screen time and messenger and text message. Those should be way higher than Facebook and Instagram um, because that means you're spending more time talking to people. So um, that is sort of my last tips for today. Oh, that was awesome. I agree. Usually the person stopping you the most, yeah, look in the mirror. It's usually yourself. And I love the idea, ask for feedback from your mentor, from your sponsor, you know, saying, what I, what can I do better? What, how can I improve? And take the constructive feedback and then apply it. So be humble enough to realize that things you can do better. And a lot of times people can see better what you're not, what you're lacking, what you're not doing as well than you can. Because we have emotions of us. Sometimes we can't look at subjective. So yeah, go to your mentor saying, what am I doing wrong? What can I improve better? And just take action on that. You no, know, I, I thought that was definitely some great stuff here. And you just need to apply those things. I, I like that. Find out how much time you're spending on Messenger versus Facebook. If you're spending 10 hours on Facebook and only 20 minutes on Messenger, that's where your problem is. So you got to be spending a hell of a lot more time on Messenger. Have those conversations, talk to people instead of just growing, see what other people's lives are all about. So great stuff there. Thank you so much, Kayla. It was really an, uh, a privilege. It was a lot of fun having you on. Had a great time. I loved all the wisdom that you shared. And I know the audience got a lot out of everything you shared. So I want to thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun. And before I let you go, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you, Kelly? 
Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Kelly Hoover, and it's Kelly with an I-E, K-E-L-L-I-E, or on Facebook at, you can just search Empower Kelly. And if you're a podcast listener, you can go and check out, um, I'm a co-host on a podcast called Blessed Mama Bosses. And um, join our clubhouse room. Also, you can join us in, Victor and I are in a clubhouse room Monday through Thursday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. So join us in there. Awesome. Great. So, so you not, now you know how to reach out. So definitely this, this, this lady is amazing. She's one of the top leaders in the, in the industry. She loves to help people. And as you can tell, she shared an incredible amount of advice. So again, thanks again for being out today, Kelly. And have yourself an amazing day, my friend. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.